Everybody in the house, give a big clap for God today. He's, he's here with us. Let's welcome our online people. God bless you. Good to have you with us today. And I'm just excited to be here for the next three weeks, including today. We're going to talk about this is what we do. Something that I had spoken on this not actually too long, not real long ago, but the Lord brought it back. We have so many new faces and the church is growing in, in such a way the Lord wants us to establish this. So uh, if you came in today, which obviously you did because you're here. <laughs> no, I'm not here. <laughs> All that are here say I. I. Um, you should have got a piece of paper like this. So when it's time at the end of service, if you want one of these, you can get one. Um, this is just talking about the Heart for the House offering, and I will explain that. Uh, it's only on the first Sunday of the month um, as we're getting into this and seeing what God is doing. So let me just get started. Um, phone call comes into a church, and the guy on the phone says, listen, I want to talk to the head hog. And the secretary's a little offended. She says, I'm sorry. He said, I want to speak to the head hog of the trough. I want to talk to the head hog. She said, sir, if you mean our pastor, we don't call him names like that. If you want to talk to him, you have to call him pastor. He said, well, I'm, I'm wanting to donate about $100,000. She said, wait a minute, Porky just walked in. I hope you're having a good Sunday. We're going to believe that this is going to just help you and uh, increase the goodness in your life that God brings. Um, we believe that generosity is, is something that all believers should show how great God is. And uh, so we're going to be talking about generosity this morning. And uh, God showed this first, for God so loved that he gave. And so we want to follow God's lead and do that because this is what we do. We're going to talk today about putting God first. When we put God first, it teaches us to be generous. It teaches us to put him above everything else. And so we want to help build our faith and do that. It'll help lead the way in this community. And how many knows Marion needs, you know, uh, like any community, but needs somebody to say, this is the way. And God does that in his word. This is the way. Walk in it. But let's, let's help lead that way by being the light. Come on. In, in a place that needs light. And so wherever you're at, wherever you work and in this city, we want to be the light and see God help this, this community find the kingdom of God. And uh, we want to empty out hell and fill up heaven. That's what we want to do. And so that's our goal. But, you know, when we talk about generosity, we talk about giving or we talk about money in general, people get all tense and go, oh, no. He's going to talk about that. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it, but I want you to hear my heart. So I don't want you to feel, I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to uh, try to make you feel guilty. I'm not going to condemn you. I want you to hear, this is what we do, and let you hear some of the reasons why. People get uncomfortable about this, and here's some of the things, because there are many that are generous, and there are many on the other extreme. If I were to ask people, are you generous, and are you a giver, they would say yes, because they gave something. Um, and, I, and I understand that. You know, one of the things that I, and this is just my own pet peeve. I don't mind when the Girl Scouts are outside of Walmart, because if you want to buy cookies, you can go right over and buy them. I think that's good. But I don't, li I don't like being, going into Walmart, coming in and going out, and would you donate, would you donate? For me, I donate a lot of times, but after a while, I'm like, you, I mean, some, how many have ever gone to Walmart more than once in a week? 
I'm almost knowing these people by name. Hi, Jim, how are you? No, remember I gave to you next. Let me give to Sally over here. I'll get, you know. And uh, so, you know, if we're asking in America, you know, are you generous? We, most of us would say yes because we give something. But giving and generosity are two different things. To be generous uh, is to purpose our life around God and to say, okay, what would God have me do? What would he do? How many, for me, well, I'm not going to even say how many. Sometimes I don't want to ask God because I know what God would say. If he'll tell me to do something, whether it's just not talking just money, might be my time. I don't want to ask him because I don't want to hear it. If I don't hear it, then I'll feel like I don't have to do it. Anybody? Never mind. Don't raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> Most Americans don't think they are rich, but they are. Most Americans think they are generous, but they are not. We don't feel rich because we, when we start talking about wealth or rich, we, we start comparing ourselves with somebody that is way better off, or maybe they're a millionaire, and I'm not Elmer Fudd. I don't own a mansion and a yacht. <laughs> you know, whatever. I have all of this, but I don't have what they have. And so we start the compare game. But in America, we're blessed. Let me just go through some things. If you drive a car or you ride in a car, you're in the top 6 to 9% of the wealthiest people in the world. So you or I get in our car or somebody's car. We don't have to walk. We're hungry. So we go down Hamburger Alley, wherever we're heading, looking for whatever. We pass up all these other restaurants to find the one that we really want to eat at. And, you know, husbands, if you ask your wife... Do you want to eat somewhere? I don't care, whatever you think. You, you really know she does care because you'll pull in somewhere and she'll say, I don't want to eat here. You're like, well, you said you didn't care. Never mind, another story. So we're going down past all these restaurants. We get sat down at a table. Somebody takes your order. Somebody fixes your food. Somebody brings it to you. They refill your drink. They clean up your dishes. You get back in your car, drive to your house, push a button, and a door automatically opens for a house that houses your car. You just have to open the door. Some have two or three or four car houses. Let me just say, it's okay if you have a big garage. It's okay if you have a big barn. This isn't against big. This is just trying to point out how rich we really are. Some of us have so much stuff that we have to put it in the house of the car. Because we can't put it in our normal house. Some of us even buy other houses or rent other houses because we have so much stuff. There's not room in our house to house the stuff. How rich we are. So let me keep the story going. We go into the house. No matter what the temperature is outside, if it's really hot or if it's really cold, there is a thing in there called a thermostat. Some of them are digital. Sorry. I'm figuring it out. Captain Kirk, yes? Spock here, Captain. All right. Got it. I don't know if that helps, but we'll see. So no matter what the temperature is outside, you can go in. You can even program sometimes your house with your thermostat to come on, and it stays the same temperature no matter what it is outside. How rich we are. If you have to go to the bathroom, and when you do, you push a button or pull a lever and your stuff goes away. That's a good thing. You know, there's places where their stuff doesn't go away. Be thankful how rich you are. 
You go to sleep in a comfortable bed, wake up the next day, and you stretch, you open your closet full of clothes, and you still say, I don't have anything to wear. How rich you are. The average American only gives 2.8% away of what they bring in. And the bad news, if you make over a six-figure income, over $100,000, it goes down to 26 I don't believe that's God honoring. Statistics say that one in five people tithe. So I'm just trying to show you. Now, again, I'm not here to, I don't want to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to point out some things. Most of the time, we don't give because we don't feel like we can. We know it's more blessed to give than receive. The Bible says that, but we don't feel like I'm, I'm doing something, and I get that. But we don't see ourselves as rich. We don't see ourselves as blessed. We don't see ourselves as having more than enough. We want to give more, but we don't feel we can. We don't feel our faith is strong enough. We're brought up with a scarcity mindset. My mother-in-law has nine brothers and sisters, and I remember her telling me they didn't just go out, and some of you can remember maybe, you know, if you're in here going through depression or different things like that, not just, I mean, the Great Depression. Where, where you didn't have stuff. She, she said, I remember we didn't go out and just buy a bag of chips. It went between all the kids. And if they got stale, which if there was ever any left, she goes, and if the boys found them, you know, basically. They would put them, she said, on a cookie sheet and put them in the oven to crisp them back up. Because they would be really stale. I mean, have you ever grown up with a, a scarcity mindset like that? Just, you know, I, I went to school and, and uh, my mom and dad both worked. And I remember sitting by, and I, I don't know if he's watching, Bobby, if you're watching, Bobby Fields, he was, I mean, the kid was, he was a super good shot with a basketball. But he always showed up at lunch with all kinds of goodies. Hostess, Twinkies, King Dongs, Ding-a-lings, whatever they're all called. Those little razzle-dazzle snowflake balls and whatever they are, fruit pies. I showed up with saltine crackers with peanut butter. And if my mom got real creative, sometimes we ran out of peanut butter. True story. Opened up like I got saltine crackers with mustard. They don't, I don't know anybody that eats saltine crackers. I got home, I said, mom, because Bobby goes, what's that? And one kid beside me goes, it looks like mustard. You like mustard and crackers? I said, no. Then how come you have it? I, I don't know. So I went home and said, why? And this is my mom. Well, I didn't have any more peanut butter. Thought I'd put mustard on it. Boy, that's a brilliant thought. But, you know, here's what you could say. She wouldn't eat it. Oh, yes, she would. Matter of fact, she probably still does. Do you still eat? Yeah, see? Something wrong with that, but I love you anyway. <laughs> it's all good. But we grew up, you know, they were working all the time, trying to make ends meet, trying to, to make everything together. She fed me liver and onions to this day. I, Kim will never make me liver and onions, never has. Been married going on 35 years. Never once has she made me liver and onions because she knows I will not eat it. I had to eat it when I was growing up. I didn't like it. It was yuck. And I asked mom, why do we have liver? 
and onions. She said because it was a cheap meat. You could get it. It didn't cost as much. And, and uh, she, I don't care how you disguise it. It was still liver. I could drown it in ketchup. I, it was still liver. Ugh. I shudder to think. I want to have the mindset that there's always more to go around. But we've grown up, many of us, with the mindset that there's always more month than there is money. Scarcity is a cycle, and this is how it works. God supplies, we consume. In other words, we eat, like say it's food. He supplies, you eat it, it's all gone, we lack again, then we get afraid till the next time. And that's what we, that's a cycle. God supplies, we consume, we lack, we fear. In America, it's called paycheck to paycheck. And I said this first service, and I feel the Lord wants me to say it, so I'm just going to say it, and you can take this and follow it and do whatever you want with it. If, if I can help, I will, but that's not why I'm saying it. You just need to know there's answers. <clears throat> Pastor Gary has a company called Ford Financial Group. I work for that company. Now, this sounds like a plug, and in essence, it is, but it's not a plug to plug. I'm just telling you. We get most Americans or most people that out of debt in five to seven years, including their mortgage, without changing their income, is free. And people are like, their mindset is, Mm-mm, can't be free. Well, it is. The whole plan is completely free. And, you know, if you had a 28, year, 28 years left on your mortgage and you get out of debt in seven years, that's a good thing. What would it be like to not have a payment or a car payment? Or, okay, what could you do? Yeah, you could go to Disney World. What else could you do? But we're brought up with this mindset. And our talk says stuff like that. And again, I'm not just talking to you. I still got to watch my, even though I believe I, I have a generous mindset, there are times, isn't it easy sometimes to fall back if you're not careful? If, you're, if you just don't watch what you say, you can't just say any random thing that comes into your head. But we say things like this, I can't ever get ahead. I take two steps forward, three steps back. Anybody ever hear those? I can't afford that. How about this one? It's always something. I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. It's just people with a scarcity mindset. Now, I'm not saying that you're a bad person, so please don't misunderstand me. You've grown up, and that's what you're used to. You're survival all the time. Everything's just survive. Survive, survive. You know, to go back to Bobby Fields in the lunch, I, I used to have mom made oatmeal raisin cookies, and I'd sell them. Or I'd trade Bobby for his dingalings and kingdoms or whatever he was having. And I would sell them to the, you know, and so kids started expect, I almost had a little business because then I could go, there was a store on the way back home. I remember I could buy my sister, I remember these days, a whole bag of Doritos, 43 cents. I still remember seeing 43, and I remember it used to be 38 or 39, and I was like, that's terrible, 43 cents. But I had sold enough cookies. I was good. Because then I could eat the Doritos in front of my sister and not give her any. It was a good day. Oh, help me, Jesus. But let's just get real. If we put God first, it starts changing our mindset. It starts changing the way we think. This is what we do. If you're like, okay, he's going to talk about money, and you find yourself tensing up, shuddering. Mm, he's going to talk about money. I don't like it when anybody talks about money. 
Well, Brad, I don't know. I just, it makes me uncomfortable. If you are tightening or you're tensing or you tense up your butt cheeks, you got a scarcity mindset. There's a good chance that you're just like, I don't want to talk about money. I don't like, listen, I'm not here to pick your pocket. Let me just share what the gospel says a little bit. And then you can decide. It's all good. Nobody's going to condemn you. But because of what God did for us through Christ, through Jesus on the cross, this is what we do. We do something different than scarcity. Then, yes, God supplies. In both mindsets, God supplies. In scarcity mindset, we consume, we lack, we fear. But when we do a generous mindset, Father, I know you supply, so when God supplies, we give. That's the first thing we do. We put God first. And when we give, God does something. Well, Brent, that's going to take faith. Yeah. Because, you see, it doesn't take any faith to wait. Well, i got to wait and see what I have left. It doesn't take any faith to see what you have left. It's just, God, I'm going to honor you first. It creates a whole different cycle. It creates, actually, a cycle of supply. So here's a couple things. Don't you like that? Here's a couple things. George is my friend. Uh-huh. Uh, here's number one. We give generously. So as we follow Jesus, as we're believers, we give generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, 11 says, uh, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. So I want you to listen to this. I'm not going to manipulate you here. I just want you to hear this. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Now, that's God saying this, okay? Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, bread to eat, in the same way he will provide and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity. Listen, in you, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they'll thank God. That's an incredible scripture. That's saying God's... He wants you to understand it is your heart. This is a heart thing. Lord, because you gave, I want to be more like you. To be more like God, you can't be more like God than give. I mean, that's what he says. We have been in services before, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that it's been presented wrong. In my, in my opinion, we were in services before. Now, I'm, I'm, maybe God directed it. I don't know. We didn't feel that. Five offerings were taken in the same service. And, and I, could, I could understand that if... If you could feel the presence and say, oh, I'm, I'm doing this and, and we're here, but we still need and okay, and you're trying to raise a certain amount, maybe, I, I don't know, but we felt condemned because we felt we did give what we were supposed to give. And then we felt bad. I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to feel good. Even though sometimes there is radical giving where you give and it's like, ooh, that hurts, you know? There's one thing, if it doesn't, you, know, you, you don't even miss it, how much of that is giving? It is giving because you gave, but when, you, you know, the Lord tells you, I need you, I want you to give all of it, you know, and you've heard all these different stories before, so, you know, quickly, we didn't own a, a car, I sold it, had several thousand dollars, God said, give it. And I said, okay, what portion, let's just give 10% of that, no, all of it. I have a funny thing, this pen doesn't want to work, I don't know, I, you know, and, and, and so it was painful, but yet I knew what he said, so we did. 
But there's also something inside that overrides the, you know, because the enemy, because how many knows the battles right between your ears? Then once you give, he's like, see, you should have kept that. Boy, if you'd have kept that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, don't, now you feel all the pressure, blah, 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 blah. I mean, we have, and the enemy fights me just like he fights you. But inside, there's a joy that says, no, I was obedient. Because how many knows you can fight the enemy if you get a word from God? He can't stop you if you get a word from God. Because this is what we do. When we bless God by giving what really is already his, it blesses you. It changes your heart and your mindset. He starts supplying everything that we need. People that don't put God first probably don't understand all this. They're great people, but they've never taken him completely at his word. When we're generous, God loves it. Because he, he can exercise, because of your faith, his wonderful generosity in your life. Because this is what we do. When we give, we put God first, and then he multiplies more than enough. You gotta give first. God gives us seed to sow and something to plant, resources to give, bread to eat. See, this is a problem in America. This is what happens in scarcity. He gives, we consume. In other words, let's just make this food. He gives you food, you go eat, the food is gone, you lack, you get afraid till next meal. You know, when you first leave and you're full, you're like, oh, that's like saying after you've went to the buffet, I'm starting to diet tomorrow. Because your stomach is like, <laughs> but you know, sooner or later, your stomach's going to get hungry again. You're like, I don't think God wants me to really start yet. Maybe Monday. So we need to understand he can give you more than what you need. He's very generous. And he'll bless you so that you can be generous. So my my thing is this, if we eat all our seed, you don't have anything to re-sow. Listen to what I just said. So if you get something, say funds, then I give the, and I'll explain 10% here in just a second, I give the 10%, okay? So I'm giving that, I might want to even have more seed to use as sow, to sow more, to, to be more generous, and watch what God does with that. How many had their taxes done? Isn't that a wonderful thing? How many still have to do your taxes? You love this time of year, don't you? But you know, what's, what's great is you get to see like, wow, this is how much I gave in percentage to what I had come in. It's a, it's a great accountability to say, ooh, man, I need to pick this up a little bit. Or, man, that's awesome. God, am I doing what you want? Is there any more that you want me to do? God doesn't want you to be afraid or reluctant. He doesn't want you to be forced. He wants you to give because that's in your heart. It's what we do. The Bible says that when we help people and we're generous, not just with money, maybe it's your time, maybe it's your gift, people will thank God because of you. That's huge. When we sow God supplies, we don't consume, lack, and fear, but we give and then God supplies, and we continue to do the work of the kingdom. We return 10% of the tithe back to him as an act of worship. Now, I say return because we don't bring or we don't give God our tithe. It's already his. I just return that to him. If I gave my car to 
Gary and said, Gary, here, uh, take my Acadia and... Um, he needed to use it to move something. So Gary says, yeah, I'd like to borrow your car. Then he comes back and Jill and him say, hey, PB, do you got some time? Sure. He said, we've been praying a lot about this and uh, we want to give you this. And he hands me my keys back. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, it's already mine. No, no we, we really feel to give this back to you. Okay, it's our, he's just returning to me what is already mine. So that's what we do when we tithe. We, we're just bringing back to God what is our, but what we do, in fact, is a, is a lot more than what you think, and we're going to talk about that. When we give, God multiplies, and you hear me say it changes kingdoms. We take it out of the world system. We put it in God's kingdom, and he has legal access because of the authority of the money that is put in your hands. You are responsible for that. So on, on this first of, of every month for the next year, we're doing Heart for the House. Now, on the other weeks... Um, you can give throughout that whenever you want, but this is the only time that today I'm going to receive two offerings, one for heart for the house and one for our normal giving. Don't shudder. It's all good. If you're sitting here going, I'm a guest, don't worry about anything. This is family business. If you want to be part of the family and you feel led of the Lord, then you'll do that. But I get it. But we are, we are believing God to do more things. And see, people have to understand they expect a lot. How many, you know, in America, we just expect. We expect a lot. We have rights. In the kingdom, you have rights as well. In, in uh, membership of anything, I guess there are rights. You know, Ralphie had rights for whatever member he was of. You're not going to help me with that, are you? I can't think of whatever he was joining. He, the secret club, never mind. That's a whole other thing. Anyway, we're believing God for, for great things. But people have to understand what it takes to function you know as a church you know we just think yeah god provided this building but he expects us to be good stewards of it and so to do that i mean just alone just to throw songs up on the board uh to have it to do it legally we have a ccli license and to do other things that they need with that that's 300 dollars plus um mallory wasn't that song great today she did a new song that was awesome you know, some of you might say, well, she just kind of stays right here. She has to. She's tied to this little box. She only has about this long of a cord. She, you know, even if she wanted to go over here and say, hey, Tad, Ashley, hey, whoa, whoa, she can't. I mean, she can only go this far. So, you know, to get her, all of these guys have in-ears, which means they hear a click track inside their ears, and there's some lady in there going, chorus, you know, or whatever. I don't know what all they're doing, but, you know. That costs money to get Mal the wireless so she can be mobile, agile. That's like 700 bucks just for that piece of equipment. That keyboard when we started this church was a $5,000 keyboard. I didn't pay $5,000 for it, but I mean, I got a great deal on it. But still, you're talking about a few thousand dollars that had to go for that keyboard. That's like that keyboard could fly around the room. I don't even know how it does what it does. We don't even tap into all of its potential. What I'm saying is all of this cost utilities for a building like this. The things that we do to help people, all of those things. We need to understand that it's, it's okay, but we just have to say, okay, God. Now, I'm not sitting here pleading. It sounds like I'm like, I'm just letting you aware that God is, he's a big God. He knows how to supply all of that. When we give, he multiplies, then faith grows, and it starts the cycle over again. And then we harvest generosity because of the goodness of God. We don't have to live in fear or lack. I'm talking to myself. 
Because not only do Kim and I run our household by generosity and, and by the kingdom, we have to run this church that way. And sometimes I'm human. If I could be my wife and say, HP, human pastor, human pastor. Some of it is like overwhelming to me. And I, I'm like, oh, man, we, Lord, we need, you know, we got to have this. And so I'm not only just praying for the house at home, I'm praying for the church house. But it's okay because we have a big God. I have to continually remind myself, this is what we do because of what he did. And so I didn't, you know, really, I didn't bring this building. He did. He's the one who told us to get it, so we got it. So he'll sustain it. We just have to trust him in all of that. You see, tithe will break the cycle of scarcity. It forces you to go, okay, God, you're number one. It creates a new cycle of supply. So what does it mean? Tithing is one-tenth, and we're not going to go through that whole teaching here, but so one-tenth of everything that comes in in your house should go to God first as an act of worship. It's his. This is even before... The Old Testament, before the law, way before. And I've proven that in message. I can show you scripture. Even in the New Testament, Jesus says, you should tithe. Wow, if Jesus says that, I think I'm in. This is what we do. When God blesses us, we worship him and return back to him 10% of what he gives us. He multiplies it, builds our faith. And then we get out of that cycle of scarcity. We start having more than enough. Things start happening. You know, we have people that give tithing stories that are saying, you know what? I started doing this. I started giving God first portion, first fruit. All of a sudden, I got a raise. I got a raise. And now I'm, you know, I'm making even more than what I was tithing. So now I give that. It's just crazy. And this thing happens. And this happens. And this and this and this. And they just have story after story. It creates a harvest of generosity. I want to give you three thoughts on the power of the tithe, and it won't take us but a minute to unpack it. Here's number one. It puts God first. Deuteronomy 14.23. Bring the tithe into the designated place, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored, and eat, eat it there in his presence. It applies uh, to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, firstborn males of your flock and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. If you put God first... It's amazing. Some of you are probably saying, I should have slept in today. I knew it. I knew it. Should have stayed home. I could have watched him online. Felt a lot better in my PJs. But what you're saying is this. For me to do that, Brett, for me to tithe, it's going to take something. I'm going to have to change some things. I would have to have my whole life switched around to what I'm doing now. I would have to wholly center on God. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'd have to rearrange my budget. Yep. I'd have to make some massive changes. Uh-huh. It would take crazy faith. Welcome aboard. Because it takes faith to give first. If you have to wait to see if you have it, that's not faith. I mean, certainly it's appreciative. I get it. But if you really want the blessing, I challenge you. To see what it's like to have 90% blessed with God than 100% without him. I can't tell you how many times God has blessed Kim and I. I mean, I have story after story after story. We had to, we had to do some things and change some things and, 
and make that stuff work and, and just take steps of faith. But he would do it every time. I mean, this just happened. Just last week, this is what the Lord does things to me like this. He'll show me something. He showed me a check. And he told me to write it, and I could see on the check where it was going. It was going to Beacon of Hope. That's a food bank here in town. And the check said $100. So when I came in the office, I wrote out a check for $100, handed it to the secretary, said, make sure you mail that out today. She said, okay. Now, you can see this platform. You look at this platform. I helped build it. But it was engineered by Tom. Tom's sitting over there. And, and there's a lot of people had help in this. Rick and, and uh, my, you know, my dad was here. Paint. I can still see dad rolling walls. And uh, Scott. I mean, I can just go through the whole list. And um, so it's just a lot of people here. But this platform, it's built. It's heavy duty. You can hear it creak a little bit. And, of course, when we walk on it, it kind of thumps. Well, I had a guy just now. Now think about what I'm just saying. I'm going to put God first. Okay, now I could come here and pull up the church accounts and go, I don't know if I want to give that $100. How about if I just give? You ever try to bargain with God? Well, you can. It doesn't work. Uh, so anyway, wrote the check, gave it. <clears throat> we, we got free carpet that's supposed to come now. We've had free carpet coming, but the guy got a hold of me. Kind of funny how it is after the check. I got free carpet coming for this. And they're going to carpet it, and then uh, Tom's going to detail this out so it matches the wood around here, around the frame of it. But that's coming, and the foyer. We found out last week that three people bit the dust out there in the foyer. If you step off, when you first come in, you step off that carpet, and it was slick, you know, and another one bites the dust. Another one gone, another one, another one bites the dust. Mm. So anyway, we can't have that. So we're like, okay, we need to at least throw down some kind of carpet, even if it's not real expensive, but just out there so nobody gets hurt. We don't want anybody to fall. The guy calls and says, give me the measurements of that foyer area. I'm going to do that too. And I said, no, no, I got guys that will do that. We can put it down. We got guys that will do that. He said, no, I want to do it. I said, now listen, now this is me saying, I appreciate that. I understand the carpet's free, but before the labor wasn't free. And I get that. He's got people working for him. I get that. I'm like, I'd just rather our guys put it down, and that way I don't have... William, come and get it. We don't have any charge. He goes, PB, I'm supposed to do this. I want to put this down. It is our gift to you. I'm like, oh, are you sure? He goes, yeah, I'm sure. He said, I'm coming Tuesday. He said, make sure the platform's cleared off. So, Tom, it's late notice, but if you have any guys that want to <laughs> clear this off... Uh, you might want to take pictures before you pull everything off. And, 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 and so if you want to stay and help Tom, you can do that right after service. Thank you. This concludes. No. So anyway, that's happening. So here's what we're, you know, this is what we're believing. God is doing things so much because the church is really starting to grow rapidly. And we're very thankful for that. We want to change the front of the entrance. Uh, so, you know, right now it's just got the two doors and one door is not real. The, both of them aren't the greatest. I mean, we got a little pin in it, you know, like, hey, thanks for coming, you know, to our church. But we would like to change and, and bring some really nice double doors in the front, put an archway over the top and a drive through. So in inclement weather, you can come through and not get soaked to come into the church. Makes sense to me. I like that idea. So the next thing I know, I got a construction guy coming here. He's going to give me an estimate, gives me an architect. He calls me. He's coming Tuesday. 
or yeah, I think it's Tuesday, and he's going to, so that we would know what that would cost. That's what Heart for the House is about. Just to be okay. And I mean, and that just goes on and on and on. But it's an amazing thing. God is doing all of this. I am so sorry that this is. We got that handheld. I'll just go to that one if I can. You did that on purpose. <laughs> I'll teach him. All right, here's number two. Let me grab you back. It's going to build your faith. If you put God first, it's going to build your faith. You're going to see how God is faithful. He says, test me in this. Malachi 3, 10, and 11. If you're, you know, uh, from another part of the country, you can call it Malachi. I really don't care. But 3, 10, and 11. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will... Open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it all in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall far from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This is where the scripture says, God says, you can test me in this. I'm just telling you, the tithe is your insurance kind of around the garden. Keeps the bunnies from eating your lettuce. It just helps you. I mean, and, and, you know, people, oh, my goodness. It's amazing what God does. God says, see. Now, remember, the world's economy in this cycle is consume, lack, and fear. God says, when you give me first, I can then multiply it. I build your faith, create a harvest of generosity. You can continue to sow. You can continue to give because he provides for everything, more and above. If you give him your first, he'll best the rest. Just give him the, your best and your first. I mean, then he just does the rest. He blesses that. Again, the challenge, see what God can do with 90% blessed than 100% without it. Tithing is returning. Offering is giving. And that's where the multiplication takes place. Some of you might be saying, PB, you've been smoking some wacky tobacco. But I have not. I'm telling you the principles of the kingdom, and these are amazing, and you will see God do some amazing things. It's a hard issue. I mean, Kim and I have been the whole gamut. We have been at the bottom. We've been, you know, somebody, you don't even know what it's like to not have. Yes, yes, we do. I know what it's like to be bankrupt. I do. I know what it's like to be on WIC, food stamps. We've been there. I know what it's like. We've seen God do so many things. Did it stop us? No. You know what we did? We gave our way out of that. Instead of saying, I will give when I have enough. If you have that mindset, you're probably never going to have enough. But if you say, God, you know, no matter what, I'm going to give to you. And God uses people to help us. Tom and Sandy helped us. They helped us with a budget in the beginning. We needed to know how to do that. And so she said, here's what I do. And we liked what she did. And she told us. And we started doing that stuff. And God started blessing that. It's amazing what you do when you say, all right, God, I'll do that. You know, and I've told you guys story after story after story. And there's times I'm just like, I don't even know how God does it. 
But he does that. That's not my job because this is what we do. What we do, we put him first. And then he does the rest. I just let him figure all that out. I mean, he's provided a mower for me. I was mowing my one yard with a little tiny 12-inch or whatever that is, and it'd take me all week to mow it. By the time I got done, I had to just mow it, start over. And I don't know if somebody saw me mowing and thought, we need to help him. Because <laughs> I'm just, but I'm out there, and you know, am I liking? No, would I like to have a rider? Sure I would. But I was believing God, so to seed. And in the meantime, come on. In the meantime, come on. In the meantime, I'm going to put my hand to do what, whatever I need to do because we sang about it. Even though I don't see him working, he's working. Even though I don't feel him working, he's working. And so I trust in this. That's what faith is. God, I'm putting my hand to this. Thank you for this yard that I'm mowing all week long. And you know what happened? I got a card and said, the Lord told me to give you X amount of dollars. It was 900 and some dollars for a mower. And do you know, I didn't tell these people. I didn't even tell them where I had found a mower. It was a John Deere 38-inch cut rider. And I just thought I needed the John Deere because that was a name brand and I wanted to be cool. Actually, I would have taken almost anything. You know, by the time after a few weeks of pushing your yard, you're kind of like, thank you, Jesus. Give me a goat and I'd be happy. But... Just move the stake. <laughs> but I got the more, and the, and the money that was in there was the exact, now think about this, the exact amount to cover the mower and the gift of me returning. Come on. That's how that works. I mean, I've asked God different things. Oh, Father and Jesus, Lord, I got kids. I got youngins, and they want to eat. Thank God for the value menu at Wendy's or McDonald's sometimes because, I mean, they go through and, you know, when you're wanting to bless your kids, hey, you guys, go ahead and get something. When they're using your money, they want to live like the rich and famous, don't they? <laughs> when they're using their money, I'll just take a water. <laughs> but we went through the drive-thru. I was just, and this is a true story. This is true. That's why I said, Father... I just need 20 bucks because I got to take these guys through the drive-thru. And we lived about 30 minutes away from the church. And, you know, they were going to eat. And by the time they get home, they're pretty much, you know. So, but still, I'm like, oh, Lord. Because then we didn't have to cook and bake and all that stuff at the time because we were busy. And I didn't tell anybody but Kim. We didn't tell anybody. And we went out of church. And on my windshield was a $20 bill. I don't know how it got there. I, to this day, I don't know who put it there. And my first thought was, I should have asked for 50. <laughs> but now here's my mindset, going right back to putting God first. I got, I got $18 to deal with here. Because my first portion, my first fruit, is going back, returning to the king. That's what that is. And so when you do those kind of things and your, your mindset starts to change, you look at it different because it's not mine. Father, thank you for that. So all the way home, these kids are eating money that God is just like almost manna from heaven. It just came in the form of Wendy's. We 
We start understanding it's more blessed to give than receive. You start being able to bless others. You're able to leave a big tip for somebody that's going through a hard time or let me take care of that for you. Let me buy that. It's great to be with our children and for us to say, and I'm sure if there's grandparents in the building, they can just say, we got this. And they'll go, no, 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 you don't have to. I know I don't have to. I want to. Why? Because I love you and because God has blessed me, I want to be able to bless you. Come on, somebody. It is good to be able to walk on the other side of that instead of saying, no, no, I can't go, you know, uh, no. Because inside you're like, I want to go out to eat with you guys, but I don't have the funds. I get it. We've been there, done that. And that doesn't mean every time an invite comes, you have to be able to, you may not need to go every time. Sometimes you need to look at what you're spending. Find out, hey, I'm short. Well, it might be because you, you, know, you spent $75 already eating out that you know, so I'm not talking about not being on a budget. I'm talking about being a good steward. It's freeing to know. And honestly, most Americans aren't free. I mean, we're free in America, but inside, we're not free. I like the cycle of scarcity to be broken in not just one person's life, but everybody's life. So Kim and I, you can't tell us any different. We've seen too much. This is what we do. It makes no sense to the world. We've had people come up and say, how much do you give? What? It doesn't, I don't have to make sense to them. Matter of fact, you might be careful about who you share what you do with. Because you know, if they don't, they're not Jesus people, they're not following Christians or believers, they're probably not going to understand this is what we do. You're going to be faced with challenges. There are going to be challenges. Sometimes you'll give, and then all of a sudden something will, will break, and you'll be like, and the enemy will, see? You should have kept that money. You could have paid for that. You need to tell him, shut up. That just means God's got something else. Or maybe I'm getting me a brand new one, so deal with that. So you just start saying, oh, you know, it's good to be on the other end when you know that God provides all of your needs. So if something breaks down, you can look at each other and go, okay, what color do you want? That's a lot better than saying, oh, dear God, how are we going to make it? What if we all trusted God to tithe? What if instead of one of every five in this church, five of every five? Would that be awesome? We'd put on the new front of the building. We would get the permits needed for Kids Town. We'd put the two-story playscape in there. We would blow this part out there. We'd have to because there'd be so many people. We'd have to build the extension on the kids' wing. Everything would have to happen. We'd have to hire more staff. We'd have to teach more principles of leading. Come on, more people would get saved. Drugs would be gone. We give, he multiplies, he builds our faith. Here's our third thought. It funds the gospel. It provides for the work of God's church. When you give, a lot gets done. We gave out so much money, you know, at Christmas time. We helped many individuals, bought things for them and all that. And that's not to say, woo-woo, look at us. Because always remember, it's not the whistle that pulls the train. It just makes noise. He's got to have something behind him. But we gave because for God so loved, he gave. It's what we do. You know, eventually, as we get the parking lot and all that stuff all redone, and even maybe before then, I, this is just me. People have heard it since we've been here. I would love at Christmas time, because I love Christmas, but I would love to have some kind of a tree store here or whatever. For the people that can't afford a tree, we'll give them one. 
I'd like to walk into people and say, listen, we'd like to pay the first, these five, these layaways, we're going to take care of that. I mean, would that be something to be able to go, we want to bless you, we just want to bless you. And people will thank God. Why did they do that? Where is that generosity coming from? It's coming from my father. Let me just ask this question. Has this church, True Life Church, impacted you spiritually? Raise your hand. Look around this building. That's God. That's God putting good food in the, in the table for you to go, yes, so that you can take it and say, he's a good God. And people will be watching you, finding out how real God is by what they see in you. This is what we do. That's why we created Heart for the House. Instead of saying, here's a campaign. We did a campaign for seats. Save a seat. Remember that? $10,000 is what these chairs cost, and we still have more that we can put out. Wouldn't it be great? We're going to need them before long. But that's what it was. We, we raised all the money for it. We had to do it in faith. We raised a certain amount, and they had to have a certain amount before they would even make the chairs and deliver them. We said, okay. They said, well, do you have the other? I said, we will. So by the time the chairs were delivered, I had to pay the balance, and we did. So rather than a campaign for this, a campaign for that, we, this is heart for the house. So we're just like, Lord, we're moving on, man. We are doing this for the kingdom of God, and we are seeing God do amazing things. My challenge, this is what we do. My challenge is this. Are you part of we? Do you want to be part of we? Are you willing to break the cycle of scarcity, and you're willing to say, yep, Lord, use me. If you can use anything, use me. I don't want to... God gives, I don't want to then consume lack and fear. He gives, I want to give back. The cycle of abundance. He gives, we give. He multiplies, faith grows. He gives, we give. He multiplies, faith grows. He gives, we give. He multiplies, faith grows. Trust him, trust him. Exercise your faith. Try him, test him, watch him do it. When you do that, Things just start changing. Things start, just becomes different. I challenge you this morning, ask yourself, Lord, and again, not manipulation. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle it? I can't be you. I can be me. But I can tell you that God has been in my life and the more that I walk with him, the closer I get, the better it gets. Because this is what we do. I can't teach you something I don't know. This principle I'm sharing with you, we live this. This isn't something I just developed and I just said, oh, hey, but for 34 plus years, and I'm not saying God hasn't fine-tuned me along the way, okay? But this is what we do. When this church was birthed, he told me the name of the church. And he said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Live life on purpose. This is what we do. We purposefully give. We don't give out of, oh, I just feel bad, but I just want to get them off my back. No, I give because it's not mine, it's God's. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, with...